When the game is over, the fun begins. Interviews, highlights, analysis, and your opinion. This is Overtime Open Line. Brought to you by the Canadian Brewhouse. Now, from the Terry Peranich Team Broadcast Center, Reed Wilkins, Reed Wilkins on Oilers on Radio. Oilers. 6.30, Chad. Up the right-hand side, Willette, unable to hold his own. Two-on-one Edmonton, dry side of right wing, dishes off, gets it back, and fires off the side of that. Threw it in front, Maroon scores! 4-2 Edmonton. Patrick Maroon's 21st of the season stands up as the game winner tonight at Rogers Place. 4-3. The Oilers knock off the Detroit Red Wings. Connor McDavid, a goal and an assist. The goal was a beauty. A minute 41 into the game, he sped down the left wing, cut in, tucked it behind Peter Mrazek. Adam Larson had two assists tonight. The Oilers controlled most of the game territorially, outshooting the Wings 38-25, though Detroit did hang around. They absolutely would not go away in this one. They even scored with 35 seconds left to pull within a goal, but they did not threaten after that. Let's go right downstairs. Courtesy of GCL Diesel, serving oil country for 45 years with genuine diesel parts at wholesale prices. Here's Oilers head coach Todd McClellan. 2-1 for about half the game. The guys kind of just stuck with it to finally get that third goal. Do you like the way you played to get the third goal? Uh, they did, yes. Um, I thought we created numerous chances but couldn't finish. And um, sometimes when you're doing that, you get a little loose going the other way. It didn't, uh, didn't happen that way in the game. They got behind us on the on the one but uh, glad the way we stuck with it uh, I think practice paid off a little bit some of the things we worked on showed up in the game and uh, we'll get another couple days and get ready for uh, another tough game what did you like about your third line I thought they were quick I thought they kept a lot of plays alive uh, Dayarnay had a, a tremendous night in my opinion maybe not in the circle but everything else he did uh, he did well. A lot of poise with the puck. Um, that line had as, as many scoring chances as anybody else in the game. So, uh, and they all skated. So it was nice to see. Do you like a big, obviously like a big guy like that? <coughs> He skates well, gets in on the forecheck, and I think Zach keeps a lot of plays alive because he's a, he's a good scrambler. He, uh, when the pucks are along the boards or in the blue paint, he has the ability to, uh, to scramble around and keep plays alive, and those smaller guys can, uh, can pick it out of the crowd and escape and, and make something happen. We talked about it before the game that you know, even though Detroit's out of it, look sort of the... No, you know, it's, there's a couple teams in the league that I think I know fairly well, their character and leadership, and, and uh, Zetterberg on their team is, is tremendous when it comes to that, and um, they're a proud franchise. They're not going away, and uh, I'm glad we're done with them. Um, you know, it was a tough night. It wasn't easy by any means. You've coached uh, in for a while, and you were part of that team. They had all those intangibles. They were so hard to beat. They, they finished games and did a lot of those little things. What are the things that they did that you would like your team to inherit and learn from them? Well, that's a good question. Um, you know, they had players with experience when I got there. That's the one thing I felt. They, there was a calmness to that team. Uh, they had players that knew it wasn't the end of the world if you had a bad shift, but you had to respond real quick. Uh, the leaders spoke when they needed to speak. Practices were, uh, they weren't long, but they were very important. And, um, you know, those are some of the qualities that, that the team already had established when I got there. I don't know what they were like as they evolved to get there. And I think if you want me to compare that to our team, it's, uh, it's an apples and orange thing right now. Appreciate their coach getting in the eye. 
fight, yeah. He's, maybe been, maybe been hit in the he's, uh, Yeah, I've been whacked uh, a few times. It's a dangerous spot. Um, you know, things are happening fast, and you're trying to give direction to players, and sometimes looking down and communicating. And um, you know, obviously, uh, hopefully, he's fine. But it was a, it was a pretty good. Uh, Nick that he had there on his eye. Does it ever become ordinary seeing McDavid score the type of goal he did tonight to get used to that? No, we want to see it often. And, um, you know, I, I think you become numb to it because you almost expect it to happen. But uh, we want to keep seeing it happen. And um, teams that haven't played us for a while or teams from East, I think they get surprised with his speed. So it hasn't been the smoothest of seasons for Jordan Everly, but he scored tonight in an important time. It looks like he's developed some production and consistency here in the latest so that, game. How have we arrived at this date? Well, that, that line as a whole has been pretty good. Um, started on the road trip, probably had an average game in Tampa, and we went after them a little bit. And ever since then, they've responded really well. And you know, We can talk about Jordan's production, his goal, which is great, but the board work he did in our zone, the board work he did in the neutral zone, the, the ability to get a puck in behind to Luch, um, those are all things we've been stressing him and um, he put three of those things together and was rewarded and the team was rewarded with the goal so it's nice to see that's Oilers head coach Todd McClellan they win tonight 4-3 over the Detroit Red Wings hey thanks for joining us it's 11-10 good start to the Oilers eight game homestand I'm Reed Wilkins along with former Pittsburgh Penguin our inside the game analyst Rob Brown a lot to touch on I think tonight and uh, he talked about the play of the second line we've talked a lot about Everly Lucic and Nugent Hopkins struggling this year Rob some more consistent production from them and now it's Everly leading the way a goal tonight he has seven points in his last eight games yeah and isn't that I think eight goals in the last eight games for for that line for those three guys yes yeah. and, and that is I mean that's very good production out of a second line so We've talked when when players struggle and, and it's an off year, you kind of try and find a date to say, you know what, let's start anew. And and sometimes, and, and I've seen it in the past, a line will sit together. They'll go out for dinner and they'll say, all right, you know what, forget everything that's happened this year. This is from now on, this is our starting point. Let's see what we can do as a line. And they've been very good. And what Todd McCullen talked about right there, you know, the production is one thing and the Oilers need that, but it's the little things. It's the intangibles. It's being on the right side of the puck, being in the good defensive positioning, taking a hit to make a play. All those things are part of becoming a better hockey player, and I think that that's what Todd is stressing with that line. And the production, if you do that thing, those things, the production will come at the end of it, and it has been of late for, for that line. And the Edmonton Oilers have benefited from it. 4-3 win for the Oilers tonight. That means a $100 donation to the Juvenile Diabetes Research Foundation from Booster Juice, an oasis of freshness in a fast-paced world. They give $25 for every goal the Oilers score. The total for the year now over $4,600. All right, 780-496-0063. We start the open line with Cam tonight. Hey, Cam, thanks for calling. Hey, guys, how you doing? Doing well. Right on. Uh... That was a very, very good effort tonight. I am shocked with how good David Denarhe looks. Denarhe looks. He, uh, the open ice, I, I don't know if it's a different structure or if that's how much open ice the Oilers create. I had no idea the type of car carrier he is. It was it was unreal. He, he brought such a somatic boost and just a just a spiritual boost to the life of the team it was unbelievable 
to see him out there. What a great move. And and the thing about a guy like that is he's so he's so high character that you know it's he's not gonna go away after a game or two. The other comment I was gonna make is Eberly. I know he's been playing okay lately, so I thought it was not a coincidence that he got hot again. He was good. He was good tonight. And to score that goal after DeHarnay was flying around, I thought that was his uh orchestral maneuvers in the dark uh, breakfast club theme don't you forget about me moment (laughs) (laughs) great reference buddy Uh, yeah for sure and you know the thing is that um, I don't know like this team just gets better and better as it goes along and I'm not getting my hopes up in terms of anything unreasonable because I know there's a growth process I'm, I'm a big Raptors fan and I've watched that go from no playoff wins to two rounds last year and I know it takes time but um, I really really feel confident in what what Peter Shirelli and, and the Oilers scouting staff has just been it's unbelievable some of the pieces they brought in here and that and I give a lot of respect to the guys that were here you know over the years I know they got a bad rap but they, they did bring some good guys in too but this latest regime is just they just get it. So that was those are my comments, boys. Very exciting. What a way to kind of kick into a Sunday with a big win like that, and just just awesome. So shout out to everybody out there, and we deserve it. We've been with this team for a long time, and the fans deserve it. So it's just a really enjoyable time to be an Oilers fan. Thank you. Right on, Cam. Oilers win four three tonight. I mean, he talked about David Dayharney. We definitely want to touch on him, Robin. We're going to hear from him in about a minute here. He does get an assist. Look, his faceoffs were poor. There's no other way to put it. He was two for eleven. He plays fourteen twenty eight. But I, I thought. I mean, I've seen him play with Montreal. He has good vision. He can set up plays. I mean, that one pass to Griba in the third period. That was a great pass to delay and and find that lane. Well, I mean, he's been a first-line player with the Montreal Canadiens, so he's got the ability. Uh, He's got the offensive awareness. Um, Obviously, it's got to be consistent, and and it's a good start for him. It's only one game, and you're not going to say, okay, this is the greatest trade ever because it was only one game, but it is a good game to start. And whenever you go to a new team, you want to, I mean, you want to start off on the right foot. He's proving himself to his teammates, his coaches. It was a good night. The one thing, though, face-offs have to get better mm-hmm. because you want to have the ability to put him on the ice for face-off anywhere. If they're not good, then all of a sudden that line doesn't start when the puck's in your own zone. That line doesn't start against another team's better line because you have to win a face-off. Having said that, it was a good start for him and his line mates tonight. I think they benefit playing with a DeHarnay who understands the game offensively, they're going to benefit from that when they get into the offensive end. For GCL Diesel, serving oil country for 45 years with genuine diesel parts at wholesale prices, here's the Oilers' new number 13, David DeHarnay. How was it for you up there tonight? It's great. Uh, first game, you know, uh, I had two days to, to travel and all that, uh, but it was nice to, to get the first one out, out of the way. Flinging the puck around pretty good with some of your alignments, you feel some instant chemistry there? Yeah, you know, Cass a big, big man. Uh, he opens up a lot of space for me, and uh, I felt great out there. How much does it help to get a point early? Yeah, obviously, team? you know, uh, just want to draw, and uh, great shot by, by Larson there, but, uh, no, it, it helps for sure. You're brought in here to help with the faceoffs as well, and I mean the, n- the numbers overall maybe not as what you're looking yeah. for, but you did chip in with a, yeah. an assist on a big faceoff. You know, I I haven't took a lot of faceoff lately, and uh, I know I'm 
probably going to struggle on the first couple of games, but uh, I'm going to get going. Thanks, David. All right. Read that, David Dehernay. Thanks, Brendan Ulrich in the Oilers dressing room tonight. They knock off the Detroit Red Wings 4-3. Larson, two assists. McDavid, a goal and an assist. Cassian and Maroon also score. And I got to put Zach Cassian forward, Rob, as our fourth star of the game tonight for Missioner Allen Auctioneering. Check out maauctions.com for industrial and automotive sale dates. You just see the effect that he can have on a game, whether he scores or not. He may, I mean, he did tonight, but from the first shift, you could tell he was he was getting in there. He was playing a little angry, but not out of control. No, and when he plays like that, he's a very effective hockey player that uh, allows the coaching staff to throw the third line out there and say, you know what, let's put this line out because they can change the complexion of the game. Things right now are a little quiet in the barn. Nothing really happening. Let's get them out there. Let's get Cassian out there. And, and he takes healthy runs at players. Does it smart? Does it in control? But it, it sends a message. And when you're playing a team like Detroit that is not a physical team, there's not a lot of pushback at it on their team. And if you are continually go hard after shift after shift after shift, it, it starts to wear them down. And we saw that as the game went on. I mean, we've t one of the storylines in the NHL this year is that it looks like Detroit's incredible run of making the playoffs every season since 1990 is, is very well go going to end. I mean, you can't say it for sure till it's mathematically impossible. But... Uh, I mean, I don't question their work ethic. Certainly their defense isn't as deep as it, as it used to be. And uh, Sproul, by the way, left the game with a sprained knee. He had a, he had a tough night, which we'll, we'll talk about a little bit later on too. But, I, I mean, Larkin can skate. Helm is in, incredibly fast. And, I mean, Zetterberg, he's, he's, he's 36, so if he's Yager-like, he's going to play for another <laughs> 10 or 12 years. But, I mean, I, I still saw Zetterberg out there as an incredibly strong, as effect, an effective player. Yeah, he was very good. What I am amazed at how he plays, he's not a big man, but he must have had six, seven times where he had the puck on his stick, he had one hand on the stick, and with his other hand, he's fending off guys who got him by 30, 40 pounds. I never saw Zetterberg, A, get knocked off the puck, or, or, or knocked over. He he controlled the play, and he's able to make plays using one hand to pass the puck here or there. He's got great vision. I mean, you talk about the the Detroit Red Wings, it, and it's going to happen this year. This will be the first time they don't make the playoffs. But when you lose a Nicholas Lidstrom and you lose lose a Pavel Datsuk over the last few years, those are huge holes, and it it takes a while to recover from them. They've got some good young forwards. Uh, they they need some help on the back end because uh, you, you're going to lose Cromwell soon, I would suppose, as well. He's not the same player. I mean, at the end of the game, he iced the puck twice. Puck's on his stick. They need a defenseman that they can control the play at the back end. Uh, it's been a, an incredible run for them. I mean, every team in the, in the National Hockey League is jealous of what Detroit <laughs> has done for a number of years. But there's some big holes that they haven't been able to fill. All right, 780-496-0063. We are looking for someone to finish the play tonight. The Oilers take it 4-3 over the wings. They're 35-22-8 on the season. You're going to hear from Connor McDavid as we move along. It's Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line from the Terry Peranich Team Broadcast Center. Live from the Terry Peranich Team Broadcast Center, this is Overtime Open Line. Brought to you by the Canadian Brewhouse on Oilers Radio. 6.30, Chad. One shy of 300 NHL helpers for his career, Nick Cronwell. Back behind the net, Grava checking Abdelkader, threw it in front, and that was doubly deflected before being held by Cam Talbot. Second period save by Cam Talbot. It's your save of the game for Armor Insurance. Protect your car, home, and business with Armor. 
at armorinsurance.ca. Talbot stops 22 pucks, helps the Oilers beat Detroit 4-3. Talbot up to 33-18-7 on the season. 17 games left in the season for the Edmonton Oilers. They are second in the Pacific Division. Two points ahead of Anaheim. The Ducks have uh, a game in hand. They'll play Vancouver tomorrow. The uh, Canucks, as we check the Advantage Trailer Rental scoreboard, got a win tonight in L.A., 4-3. They were up 4-0, hung on to win it. Rob the Jets over the Avalanche, 6-1. It was 16 seconds away from being a shutout, by the way. It was 6-0. Well, it's funny. Todd McClellan talked about the leadership and the character in a team like the Detroit Red Wings. They're on the outside looking in, and it, it has been an off season for them, and they're not going to make the playoffs. This is the opposite in Colorado. This is a team that, in all honesty, looks like it's quit. I mean, they're not as bad as their record continues to show in the games that they keep having. I mean, they're getting embarrassed in these games. So uh, the Oilers have two games left, I believe, with, yep. with the Avalanche, and those are two games with four very important points that the Oilers should be able to walk away with. The Bruins edge the Devils 3-2. Montreal picking it up. They're 4-1 winners over the Rangers tonight. The Lightning beat the Sabres 2-1 in a shootout, and Kucherov just a <laughs> cheeky game winner in the shootout, shootout goal. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't do us justice trying to explain it, but it was a he moved his stick in a circular circular uh, motion and just didn't touch the puck. He just let the puck go in. The goaltender followed the stick with his eyes, opened his legs, and the puck just kept on going in. Uh, a beautiful goal, something that you'll see beer league dudes try in a beer league game without any success. And Kucherov did it in an NHL game and scored on an NHL goalie. Well, usually you'd, you'd have to have had several beers to even think of trying that move. But <laughs> Well, that's a beer league hockey. Yeah, exactly. I mean, nobody <laughs> plays those sober. Stars beat the Panthers 2-1. Senators over the Blue Jackets 3-2. The Capitals... Win on home ice again, 2-1 over the Flyers in overtime. And Nashville at home loses to the Chicago Blackhawks 5-3. The Oilers farm team, Bakersfield Condors, beat Charlotte 5-2. One of the new guys, Justin Fontaine, with three assists. And it was the uh, U of A Golden Bears losing 2-0 at the Saskatchewan Huskies. So they'll play the third and decisive game of their Canada West final tomorrow. All right, if you're on hold, we're going to get you right away, but we were talking about Henrik Zetterberg, his thoughts on the game for Challenge Insurance Group. Challenge creates opportunity. We provide solutions. Your team is close. Is that maddening right now that you're just unable to get over the hump? Uh, I can't really say yeah, I agree on that. Uh, you know, I think we, uh, we're we doing a lot of good things here tonight. Uh, second game in two nights. Uh, we're losing Sproler early going 5Ds, I thought. Uh, uh, we're battling hard. Um, even when they get that fourth one, we find a way to get the third one. And uh, but it, it is tough uh, to not get anything with us. Is there some, uh, I guess, something to be built upon? Even having a game like this, having played last night and coming up just short against a, a team that right now is, uh, you know, in a playoff spot. Yeah, uh, we got a tough start here today. Uh, it, it's tough to get uh, from behind uh, against this team. They're uh, really uh, skilled when they get their odd man rushes, and, and we have to force this a little bit when we're, where we are behind from the beginning. So, uh, but Peter came up with huge saves there tonight again, and then um, we just got to find a way to build on this. Um, and uh, we got two more games here on this uh, road trip, and. Um, 
focus on tomorrow? They're fast top to bottom. Uh, the first goal that they scored, McDavid, is that speed that rare in your game these days? Mm, yeah, he, he's one of a kind. Uh, but we all know that. Uh, in uh, uh, his skill, when he has that speed too, is is it's not many that have that. So uh, he's a good player. Your coach looks like a hockey player now. Is there? A is there something that's going to be said to him about that? No, uh, well, yeah, uh, it was it was a hard play by she at least. Yeah, Coach Jeff Blaschel got cut with a puck that went into the bench. Uh, I mean, about three minutes into the game, and uh, yeah, I saw. I mean, we're far too far away to see, but I saw a picture. That was a pretty big cut. It was. It was one of his own players that backhanded yeah. the puck in there, and he took it. And it was funny. He didn't leave. I, I, I'm pretty sure the trainer wanted him to leave to get off to get to get the blood taken care of and all that. But he just let the – he stood on the bench. Trainer fixed him while he was watching the play. I guess if you want to have tough players and guys that pay the price on your team, you're going to have to pay the price as a coach, and he did. Oilers beat the Wings 4-3, We'll welcome Stephen to the show. Hi, Stephen. Hello. Go ahead, Stephen. Yeah, um, the Oilers uh, are winning more than they're losing, but uh, do you think they'll have enough to uh, actually make it into the playoffs? Yeah, they're on track to make the playoffs for sure, Stephen. I mean, if they can uh, keep chipping away uh, points, uh, I mean, right now they are, let me just double-check the updated standings, they're... 11 points ahead of the best non-playoff team. So that's a pretty good lead here, you know, with 17 games left for Edmonton. Oh, okay. Like, do you know what the magic number is? or I'm not sure what the what the exact magic number is, but, but I mean, uh, yeah. you know, they, they, have have, the they have to have four or five teams pass them to drop out. Yeah, well, hopefully we uh, don't have any injuries or anything like that. All the things. All right, Stephen, we're going to finish the play with you. You've already won an eight-day parking pass from Jet Said We Park. You're trying to qualify for the grand prize draw for $1,000 to Integra Tire Auto Center to experience service you can trust. Integra Tire, experience integrity. Here we go. Swiftly cleared by Detroit. A big hit. In fact, sent a Red Wing player flying. Yeah, that was Ryan Sproul that got knocked into the bench. Which oiler delivered that hit? Was it Matt Hendricks, or was it Jujar Kara? Oh, I think it was Matt Hendricks. Let's find out. Swiftly cleared by Detroit. A big hit. In fact, sent a Red Wing player flying into the boards. I believe it was Hendricks who landed that body blow, and he's fired up about it. It was Matt Hendricks who uh, was shown on the scoreboard, kind of celebrating the hit and having a chuckle about it. Did that ever happen to you, Rob? Did you ever get drilled right into a bench? Um, I don't think I ever got drilled into a bench. I've been in benches where other guys on the other team have. Right. And I've been in one. I can't remember what the guy's name was, but it was in the minors. He got knocked into our bench and then actually sat on the bench and then yelled, line change, opened the door and skated back onto the ice. <laughs> it was funny. I can't remember which player it was, but like, we were all chuckling on the bench. I never have. Uh, I've been hit in a lot of other places, but I've never landed in another bench. Oilers beat the Wings. 4-3 tonight. They never trailed. Detroit hung around and kept making it close, but Patrick Maroon's goal at 14.02 of the third stands up as the game winner, his 21st of the season. We'll go back to the phone lines. We have our old friend JP standing by. Hi, JP. Hello. Go ahead, buddy. How are you guys tonight? Very good. Perfect, perfect. I'm going to keep it short and sweet because I'm I'm certain I won't be able to talk straight tonight because I've had a few ballouts. But I want to say right now, 
I am so happy. The PC went out and got derning. Another Frenchman for a thing. I, this is the best thing I've ever had in my life. When I heard it, this guy, everyone goes, oh man, with a, with a, with a, with a, with a average move. It's a game plan. I like get PC. It's about the game plan. It's not about today. It's about tomorrow, too, as well. So you got to remember this. But the DRA, he has so much. Passion. I love it. He has so much passion. And here's the reason that we will have a nice run in the playoff because of the passion. I love this. You guys read up. I'm going back and I'm going to finish me bottle of my own. You guys have a good night. Good to hear from you. Good to hear from you, JP, who likes the passion. I think, of David DeHarnay. I think he's got a passion for his Merlot as well. It sounds like it. it sounds like he's really passionate about it, especially tonight. 780-496-0063. You can also text us at 630-630. So Drake Kajula back on the wing tonight after being scratched last game. I mean, man, that kid keeps getting chances. Yep. And <laughs> somebody tweeted me, like, when is Kajula going to hit the net? That's about, uh, I mean, that's about the only flaw you could find in how he played tonight. Yeah, I mean, you love to see a little more execution uh, with it. But when you're an offensive player, it starts with chances. And if you get chances, eventually the puck will bounce your way at some point. I think he's going to benefit with Dayarnay as his centerman. I mean, this is a guy, Darren A., who's played with Pacioretty. I mean, he's played with good hockey players. He knows what it's like to be in offensive situations. He's going to make his wingers better around him. The more they play together, they're going to learn little things about them, where he likes the puck, where he wants to put the puck in the offensive zone. If he's got the puck in such and such a spot where you should be, and they'll get better with more and more time together. But the wingers that Darren A. has are going to be beneficial because Darren A. sees the ice well, and he will create... And you're going to continue to get the chances. You've got to make sure you start putting the puck in the net, and it'll come. Got a text here from, uh, to 630, 630 from Randy. He says, how is Jesse Pugliarvi doing in the minors? He scored tonight, so he has eight goals and nine assists for 17 points in 21 games. So not bad. Good and, numbers. And uh, the texter also says, uh, do you think we could see him before or during the playoffs? I think that's possible, sure. I, I, I think so. I think now where now I I, I you're going to have to help me here. where are they standing wise are they in, are they a lock for the playoffs No but they've won 5 in a row and they're now in a spot let me just bring up the updated standings here from the AHL but they they're looking like they better bet, I mean they were out for most of the year but they've inched in now Cuz if if they were out of the playoffs he would be up here as soon as their their season was done uh, and he would be a black ace I still believe you will see him I think you'll see him in a game before the season's over. I do believe that. Um, but I, I, they also are not going to uh, take away everything from their minor league team, especially if that team's making a push for the playoffs. You want to give them the best possible chance because it will benefit the Oilers in the long run if their young players play in the playoffs this year and every year. A couple of people are saying how many wins or points is it going to take to get into the playoffs i mean the oilers are at 78 i think rob a couple weeks ago we said if they get to 94 they should be safe i mean the best non and and the division structure could come into play but just for simplification the best non-playoff team is st louis they have 67 points and they have 19 games left so if st louis went 
19 and 0, which I, I, I don't think they will. That's 105 points. Well, what, what if what is how many points is, does St. Louis have right now? 67. So if they go 11 and 8, which is a, not a bad record, that's 22 points. How many points does that give them? So that would get them to 89. So I, I mean, I think 92 is more than enough points to get into the playoffs, and 90 might get you as well. I just I don't think I don't think St. Louis is as strong. I, I mean, Winnipeg, I, they're having a little bit run, a run right here, but they might run out of games because they played more games than the teams are trying to catch. The LA uh, Kings, uh, I mean, <laughs> from the looks, at one point they were badly outplaying uh, Vancouver tonight, and they were down four nothing. They just don't have the scoring right now, so I, I don't think there's any real worry. For the Edmonton Oilers, right now I think, and they're not even thinking about it in the dressing room making the playoffs, they are thinking try to catch Saint San Jose. Mm-hmm. That's their whole thought process. And I think it's probably a, it's a slight chance they can do it, but there's a belief in that dressing room that they can, and that's how they're going to, especially with the, 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 the schedule they have going forward. They've got a 7-1 and one record on this homestand is not uh, out of the realm of, of being able to happen. Because that's their belief right now. They believe they're a good hockey club. They're playing well right now. And now they got to put that on the ice. And we saw the start of this homestand with a good start against the Detroit Red Wings. A 4-3 win. Just one goal shy of the Japanese Village goal light. We turn that on on the Oilers page on 630Ched.com. Whenever the Oilers score five or more in a game, then you can print up a coupon for a free appetizer to Japanese Village. Three locations in Edmonton, downtown, south side, and north side. The uh, downtown one, just a couple blocks from where we are in Rogers Place. Connor McDavid, another great game. Scored a spectacular goal. Let's go downstairs. Here are the captain's post-game comments. Really big one. Um, you know, the playoff time is definitely upon us. Um, you know, everyone's kind of kind of fighting for it. So, um, you know, definitely big to get the first two points here at home. It's just two one for about half the game. It's kind of just an example of stick to it, and eventually good things will happen. Yeah, I think so. Um, you know, we, we, they played last night, so you know, maybe they get a little bit tired. I don't know. I'm not sure if that plays into anything, but um, you know, we. Uh, no, definitely not a perfect game. We, we made some mistakes and um, really cost us, but you know, we found a way to win. On your goal there, what point did you know that you had, you had the room on the outside there? Uh, I don't know. I was just trying to keep my feet moving and, and take to the net. Um, yeah. Read that's Connor McDavid. All right, Brendan Ulrich working the Oilers' room. It's a 4-3 Edmonton victory. They improved to 35-22-8 and eight on the season. You can get us at 780-496-0063. It's 20 to midnight. Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line from the Terry Paranis Team Broadcast Center. GCL Diesel is Overtime Open Line. Brought to you by the Canadian Brewhouse. From the Terry Paranis Team Broadcast Center, Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio. 630 Chad. Battled for, controlled ultimately by Everly. Little give and go with Milan Lucic. And now Everly breaks free down the slot. Backhander score. 3-1 Edmonton. Lucic gives it up and Everly finishes the deal. Everly's 14th of the season made it 3-1. Oilers at 6.58 of the third. The scoring was far from done. Edmonton going on to win it 4-3 tonight at Rogers Place, the start of an eight-game homestand. For Challenge Insurance Group, Challenge creates opportunity. We provide solutions. Here's Detroit coach Jeff Blaschel. Jeff, how much of tonight was the way they skated through the first two periods? Um, 
uh, they're a good hockey team. They're a real good team. They certainly can skate, and they got they got the lead and, and kind of kept the lead the whole game, so they were able to, to have more of the momentum. But as I just said a second ago, you know, we had some guys going. We had some guys dig in. We, we have young guys that are in big spots here that got to learn to play every single night. It's not good enough to play once every three games or have flashes of success. Uh, you got to compete like crazy if you want to win uh, in this league. And so, you know, we got young guys that are going to have to learn these lessons. We got to be way better come uh, Tuesday in Toronto. Big catch up hockey, probably. Yeah, you, you, it's hard on a second half of back to back to give up a goal like that, and then then you kind of fight your way back. You make it one one, then you give up a needless goal, um, you know, at the end of the first, and you're just constantly playing catch up, and um, so that's a hard thing for sure. What can you tell us about Ryan's goal? Uh, he'll be out. You know, we'll evaluate. He'll give reevaluate when he gets home, but it looks like uh, lower body sprained, uh, sprained knee. So um, how serious it is, I'm not sure yet. Who are you going to call up? I'm not. I haven't uh, had any discussions yet with management. How tough is it to go with 5D? I mean, it's maybe easier to mask a, a forward than a, than 5D having to rotate them so much. Well, it's easier at that forward for sure. But to be honest with you, I know on the second night, uh, but I didn't think that was a big issue. I just thought we needed to be better, to be honest with you. Good game. Peter, I mean, he kept Janet for as long as he could. I mean, do you attribute in the third period those goals to defensive miscues? Yeah, I mean, I think... Uh, both, you know, well, the one's probably from pressing a little too much, but I thought the third goal was a, tr- a play we should have ended at the blue and we should have had a better track. Uh, we talked about it after the first, talked about it after the second. So that's where we just got to learn um, every single play matters. Yeah, I like that line with Helmer and Abby and, and Larkin. I think they're doing a good job. Um, I thought Nielsen's line had some chemistry tonight too, so that's good. Uh, Zetterberg's line's been pretty good consistently here, so we can get those those lines going. And, you know, anytime I think she and Glennie and Millsy are there, it's a line I could play against anybody and have confidence in. So uh, I don't mind the, where the line combinations are. We just need, like I said, we you, we had some guys that were competing, and, and I'm not saying we had no shows, but we didn't have guys uh, to the level that you need to have every night in this league to win. Double minor last night on double A for high sticking and another high sticking tonight. Do you talk to him about being a little more careful? I mean, I didn't see the one tonight, to be honest with you. I haven't seen it yet, um, I, so I can't even speak to that. You know, I think it depends. Obviously, you don't want to take penalties. I, I don't. Every situation is a little different. Was he going to pick a guy's stick up and it just hit him? Um, was he was he careless with the stick? If he's careless with the stick, that's something we'll address. But we watch video with all our young guys on a consistent basis. Is that something that we'll address? Speaking of seeing, how was it? No, I'm fine. It was uh, unfortunate. Uh, I just didn't see it coming, so I'm you fine. Told, you told you that's the first time that happened to you behind the yeah, bench? Yeah, yeah, behind the bench, yep. yep. Mm-hmm. You mentioned Larkin before, you know, I, that he's been playing better, but now that he's gotten a couple more points, do you think that'll help his confidence grow a little bit? Well, 100% um, players like to score, and scoring breeds confidence, so 100% it helps him for sure. Um, we're going to continue to work with him to, to make sure he's doing all the little things right to, to be uh, the type of player that I think he can be long-term, which is an elite player in this league. He's got great competitiveness and great desire to be uh, a high-end player, so we've got to continue to, to, to do everything we can as coaches to help him uh, achieve that. Nice to see the secondary spray from Helmer too. Yeah, it was a good play by Larks to Helmer and a good finish play by Helmer. So I thought, I thought Helmer had two real good games uh, back-to-back here. What can you say about McDavid on that? Well, he's, I mean, I talked about it before the game. They, they got a real good team. It's not just him. Um, but he's certainly one of the elite players in the league at a real young age. It's a pretty incredible thing to be able to do. Thanks, guys. All right, that's Jeff Blashill, coach of the Detroit Red Wings. Scott Johnson working the Detroit room. 
tonight. The Oilers never trailed in this game. They were up 1-0. It was 1-1, then 3-1, 3-2, 4-2, and then 4-3, your final for Edmonton as they start the eight-game homestand with a good one against the Wings. I mean, Edmonton outshot Detroit 38-25. Rob, I mean, the, the, the concern, obviously, after the second period was, well, okay, Detroit's hanging around. They're not up by more, but they were up. So, I mean, you'll still take the lead going to the third every time. You will. And, I mean, you're a little nervous because the Oilers weren't able to extend through the first 40, but they, they did. Then they got the goal to make it 3-1. Detroit gets a break. They make it 3-2, but the Oilers had extended and got the two-goal lead. Right away, the Oilers get another two-goal lead. And I think that's important that when you're playing a team that is just trying to hang around, that you, every chance you get, you can extend it, make it a two-goal lead. Because when you go, the longer you go at one goal, A, it keeps Detroit in a game when they're tired. You know, playing back-to-back, only five defensemen, gives them belief when they look up the clock and they're like, hey, we're only one shot away, guys. And guys talk about that on the bench. But when you extend a lead, all of a sudden you look up at the clock and the scoreboard and you're like, we're down two. We haven't had two good scoring chances the whole game, and now we need to score two goals. So that was a good job by the Oilers. Extended the lead a couple times here tonight in the third period. Our adjustment of the game for Alberta's chiropractors. Life is the roughest game of all. Feel better, move better, live better. With help from your chiropractor, visit albertachiro.com. We can talk kind of a a big picture adjustment here and and decisions that Todd McClellan can make. Uh, I mean, Anton Slepeshev didn't play tonight. Benoit Pouliot looks fairly healthy. I imagine he's going to be cleared soon. Eero Pakarinen didn't play tonight. Uh, I mean, and we talked about Yessi Pouliot-Yarvi being on the farm there are certainly some options for the team. I, I wouldn't be surprised if there are, I don't know if every game, but I think there will be frequent lineup adjustments. And, uh, you know, I was saying this earlier in the week, Rob, when they made some of these trades, there's there's internal competition. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think that's a bad, I mean, we've had, we've had bad Oilers teams where it's like, well, this guy's the 11th forward and this guy's the 12th forward because there is nobody else within the organization that that could challenge well now i mean pick one of those wingers could come out and have a good game and he still has to come to the practice the next day thinking like i've earned nothing like that's i now i gotta practice hard because somebody's pushing me well you want the the competition on your team um the oilers have it more so than they've had it in the past they have it on the back end i mean this is a team before that you'd come to training camp and uh, four guys in a bar could sit around and they could pick your team because everyone knew what the team was going to be. This year, all of a sudden, a Kajula comes and makes the team. Uh, a Matthew Benning comes and makes the team. Why? Because they were better than what they had. And and it's good to see. There always used to be a GM that used to come in the dressing room and training camp and said, all right, everybody's job is available. I'm like, yeah, you're looking at No, I don't think that's really true. <laughs> and, and it wasn't true at all to the point that I mean, the, the, the 11th forward, 12th forward, 13th forward were already picked. Well, the Oilers now have depth. They have depth at different positions. And if somebody is struggling, they're able to pull them out of the lineup and put someone else in. And we've seen it this year with a, with veterans being pulled out. Of, like Mark Letestu, just think of the season he's having. He was a healthy scratch at one point. Benoit Pouliot, who was a sought-after free agent for the Edmonton Oilers, they gave him a big contract. He's been pulled out of the lineup and has been a healthy scratch. So these are the things that haven't happened in the past for the Edmonton Oilers, and it means they're a better hockey club. And going forward, when you start playing important games, you cannot have weak links, whether it's on your first line 
or on your fourth line. And the Oilers now have the luxury of if there's somebody that is struggling with their game, struggling with their confidence, they have somebody they can put in the lineup who is just itching to get in there and show that they can play on a consistent basis. I'm glad you mentioned the fourth line. Tonight it was Latestu, Hendricks, and Jujar Kara who actually played the right side, which was unusual for him. You know, I'm starting to see some things from Jujar. I mean, he gets in on the puck. He, he uses his reach. He, he doesn't play with any fear. You, and I don't mean that guys are scared, but sometimes a, a new guy in the NHL, they're tentative or, or they're, you know, they're, they look unsure. I, I think for Jujar, you just that the next evolution for him is probably just the puck handling and the finish. And often for for, for depth guys, that's that's what they got to learn, right, is to capitalize. Yeah, I mean, the, he's going to get better. I mean, you can't teach size. You can't teach speed. Those are two things that he has. Uh, he's got to understand his role and, and, and what they need out of him. Now, you could be a certain type of hockey player, but if they put you on a fourth line, well, you've got to play like a fourth liner plays mm -hmm. because that's what they're looking for. When you have the puck at the, at the center red line, you're not a guy that's going to beat someone now because you're playing with two other guys that are expecting you to dump in it. So I, when guys come up from the minors, sometimes they got to readjust their, their thought process and how to play the game. He's got good attributes. Uh, I don't think he's going to be consistently in the rest of this season. But I think with what you see from him, I think he's going to be a consistent Edmonton Oiler for a number of years. And he, again, another depth player that pushes. And then you have the ability now to pull certain players in and out of the lineup. And you have the ability too, as we're going to see as we go forward, based on the type of team you play. Is it a physical team you're playing? Is it a big team? Is it a speed team? Okay, how can we put together the best lineup possible to beat this team? Todd McClellan now has more players that he's able to adjust his team as he seems fit. We should mention Chris Russell didn't play tonight. Uh, I'm ju just guessing. I think there's some kind of a minor issue there, which he has had on and off this season because he didn't practice Thursday. He was back at practice yesterday and then didn't play uh, today. So we'll see what happens with him. Uh, so both Griba and Benning play. Griba actually had a couple of scoring yeah. opportunities. So he, he's he's been hanging in there. We're moving into the final minute of our show here. Rob, just a quick look ahead to... Uh, uh, I, get, I, I guess I'll refer to them as an interesting New York Islanders team, now coached by former Oiler Doug Waite. They've uh, pushed their way up into the second wildcard spot with some decent play lately. Yeah, it's a team that it looked like they were an up-and-coming team over the last couple of years. They've got some pretty good young hockey players. They're led by a, a superstar in Tavares. They picked up a couple defensemen from the, uh, a couple of years ago that just all of a sudden vaulted them up into a, a playoff contending team. But then they continually let players go like good, strong, young uh, hockey players that have had success with the Islanders, and they had a huge letdown at the beginning of the season, so much that it cost their coach the job. They're playing better under Doug Waite. They're a team that has gotten themselves back into the playoff picture, and these points are desperate for the, for the New York Islanders. So it's going to be a good test for the Edmonton Oilers playing a March game against a team that needs the points just as much as you do. That's coming up on Tuesday, our next broadcast, 5.30 for the Faceoff Show. The game will start at 7 here at Rogers Place. Rob, have a great Sunday. Sounds good. We'll see you in a couple days. That's our Inside the Game analyst, Rob Brown. Thanks to Kellen Kennedy and Brandon Graziano, our studio producers back at 6.30. Ched, you can get additional post-game reaction on the Oilers page at 630Ched.com. This has been Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line from the Terry Piranis Team Broadcast Centre. McDavid, a goal and an assist. Adam Larson, two assists. Everly Maroon, 
and Cassian also score. Oilers beat the Wings 4-3. Have a great night.